Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Imagine surviving a zombie apocalypse with three other individuals by residing in an underground bunker. On the show Bunkheads, this premise is not so much about horror as it is about zany comedy. On top of all of this, you are the only female of this group. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Bunkheads is on Amazon Prime Video, and one of the stars is here with me today. The talented Carly Turo, who portrays Danny in a skillfully comedic performance. And what a job she does indeed. Carly will be sharing her bunkhead's experience with you. But in addition, her artistic journey that took her from a more secure medical career to that of an often more unsecure world of acting in Hollywood. An in-depth, fun, and often heartfelt conversation with Carly Turo. Enjoy the show. Oh, and make certain there are no actual zombies listening to this episode. Thank you. Previously on Bunkheads. Hello, Americans! I have a bunker! You don't die! It's been one year since we were rescued by Mr. K and invited into his underground bunker. Well, is it any better? Uh... No. I just don't know how much more of this I can take. Hello, this is host Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Thanks so much for listening. Please know that you are all appreciated. I am extra excited to have... Such a talented lady as my special guest. Her appealing screen presence is matched by her enthusiastic energy as Danny on Bunkheads. Available on Amazon Prime, this hilarious comedy features four survivors of a zombie apocalypse, all able to survive this horrifying scenario due to an underground bunker. The question, though, is can they survive each other? That's the big question. I'll tell you what. Carly gives a fantastic performance, and I am looking forward to speaking with this beautiful and talented lady in just a moment. So excited to have her on the show. First, though, let me quickly uh, share with you that in addition to being a host, I am also an actor and writer, and I am coming to you today from Cincinnati, Ohio. The Queen City. I resided in L.A. years ago, uh, more specifically in Glendale as well as Burbank. But as mentioned, I am back here in my hometown of Cincinnati. Please feel free to send me your comments and questions anytime by emailing me directly at hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. That is hollywoodandbeyondshow 
at gmail.com. Well, enough about me. One of the stars of Bunkheads is here, and I can't wait to learn more about her artistic journey, which I should add also contains moments of great courage. And I can't wait to discuss all of that with her today. I'd like to go ahead and welcome this talented lady to the show, Carly Turo. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to be on. You are most welcome. It's uh, so delightful to be speaking with you. I recently viewed Bunkheads over on Amazon Prime. Uh, I went through it very quickly. I enjoyed every episode. A very, very funny show, and you gave a fantastic performance, and it's very obvious you have very good comedic skills and timing and, and such appealing screen presence, too. Oh, thank you so much. That's really, that is lovely. I really appreciate that. Well, I thought before we discuss Bunkheads, and I'm so excited to do just that, I learned so many interesting, and, and for me, I found it to be also inspirational, uh, 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 things about your uh, past and, uh, and how you actually became an actress. You know, some people uh, know at a very young age, and, and some people just make that decision, you know, uh, rather quickly, but others, it's kind of a transition um, process. And, and I was very uh, inspired by what I thought was some courageous decisions that you made, but I thought we would go ahead and start, uh, where are you from? Yeah, um, well, I am from New Jersey. I grew up in North Jersey, which maybe doesn't fit the idea or stereotypes that a lot of people have when they hear Jersey and think Jersey showrooms uh, or what exit are you on the freeway kind of questions. Uh, <laughs> grew up kind of on a farm uh, in a very rural area um, where, you know, from the time I was born until I left for college. And when did your interest in acting first develop? Was there a moment where you go, ah, I'm kind of uh, liking things that involve acting? Well, I had a very small taste of acting in high school. I was involved in band and chorus, and part of that whole experience, I decided to try out for our high school musicals, which all of my friends were doing. Uh, my brother's actually a a trained opera singer. So he's been singing uh, at a very high level his whole life. And I joined the high school musicals just for fun. Um, it wasn't ever like a career kind of idea for me. It was just something I could do with friends. And I enjoyed the singing and the dancing. But I definitely didn't, I didn't want a real part, <laughs> so to speak. I was happy <laughs> to be in the chorus. Uh, kind of blend in with everybody else. The idea of singing in front of everybody alone was terrifying. And to be frank, kind of still is. <laughs> uh, it's a different kind of performance. But that was my little taste of uh, acting and being on stage and performing. And I really enjoyed it. But for me, that was just something kind of fun. Um, and I didn't actually take another stab at acting in any form, really, until after I graduated college. I went to Colgate, where I studied biology, so totally different track. And it was after that, a few years later, and I was working, when I started to process the idea that maybe my career goals and ideas were going to change. 
And I just took an acting class kind of for fun and to shake myself out of my comfort zone. And obviously that took off. But uh, to get back to your question, that interest in acting didn't really hit me until I was probably a year or two out of college. So the seeds were kind of forming there. They were developing, so to speak. Now, let's backtrack just a little bit, Carly. I'm very curious. Did you ever find yourself, before everything that you just described to me, did you ever find yourself maybe watching a movie or television show, something along those lines, and go, you know what? I I would like to do that. Or that looks just really fun. Yeah, I... I always found I would, and maybe this is because I had a small taste of being on stage, you know, through high school musical theater. Every time I saw a show, and I was lucky growing up where I did in New Jersey, New York City was just right there, you know, a quick train ride or bus ride or car ride into the city. So I'd see a lot of Broadway shows or off-Broadway shows. And every time I left one, I always kind of had this high where I would just want to sing or dance or move and be creative. And there was something about watching watching that live that would make me go, ah, oh, that looks like fun. And I remember how fun that was. And that would be, it, it just seems cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and something that would bring me a lot of joy. But there was still a big disconnect in the idea of, you know, these people can do that and I do something else. I definitely saw myself as kind of uh, differentiated from people who could do the creative arts for a living. I think I had a kind of strong personal identity as somebody who was more interested or capable of doing science and research and, you know, put my nose in a book and write a research paper, very academic versus, um, creative expression. So I definitely felt uh, intrigued and thought it would be fun. And there was a draw, like I was drawn to it, but I never, it took a long time for me to breach that gap and think, Oh, actually maybe that's something I could do. And as you started the process of, of acting, whether it be in classes or, or an actual production, you mentioned the word fun uh, uh, mm-hmm. No surprise there. I mean, acting is, of course, uh, for so many of us, so much fun to to do and 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 all of that. But was there other elements that you found uh, appealing to you, uh, like maybe creating a character, or is there things about it that was challenging, where you were like, "Wow, this is very challenging for me." Yeah, I think for me, you know, the fun of it is one of the biggest draws and that kind of ties into, you know, I love to laugh and find the humor in dark situations and, uh, you know, look on the bright side of things. So taking on roles or stories where you have to really dig into, um, you know, complicated emotional reactions and, you know, scary and hard situations, you know, dramas, you know, and the dramas of life, it really kind of forced me to almost get in touch with my emotions more so that I could express those emotions for other characters and for other people's stories, Um, which maybe sounds like it's a little selfish of like I was kind of growing as a person through being stretched outside of my comfort zone. 
but I think it kind of, you know, they feed each other. Then the more I became emotionally available and attuned uh, to not just like the fun, happy moments, I was able to better bring that into my performances, which hopefully is something the audience can connect with as well. So that was definitely kind of a challenge for me, but an exciting one, um, you know, because it's always fun to push yourself a little bit. And I think for me, uh, that was kind of something I've learned to develop and keep developing over time. And uh, was there folks showing you um, support and offering encouragement, such as friends and I would assume your family, when you uh, were letting them know that this is something you would like to uh, do more of? Yeah, I was so lucky to be really supported right off the bat. And I know a lot of actors don't get that kind of support. You know, families want you to have a practical job that's going to, you know, a nine to five with a 401k and health insurance and all those steady benefits that kind of, you know, they're your safeguards, your protection. There's um, some, you know, stability there. But my family really just jumped on board very quickly. I think it maybe took took them by surprise a little bit. I think I had kind of created this identity and it had been part of my identity for so long that everybody just thought I was going to do something in healthcare or in science or research or, you know, something a little more traditional, not in the arts. And when I kind of came to this realization, I was very pleasantly surprised how quickly my family and friends jumped on board with their support and thought that's cool, you know, like good for you. And really kind of just proud that I was willing to make that leap. Uh, and it was really lovely. I basically have nothing but, you know, I'm just grateful for my friends and family for being so supportive along the way. That's absolutely wonderful to hear. It makes such a big difference, doesn't it, when you know your family's in your corner and, and, and offering support and encouragement. It really does. You know, I hear of friends and you know, in the business who don't get that kind of support. And it's challenging, you know, because we all have our own little seeds of doubts. There's, you know, ups and downs in this business. So when you're personally kind of having a moment where you're like, God, this is so hard, you know, and is it worth it? Any of those questions, it's nice to be able to talk to friends and family and they take that opportunity to support you Instead of saying, aha, I told you it was hard and you should quit, <laughs> um, which is what <laughs> happens to a lot of people. You know, they kind of go like, oh, you see how hard it is. Now, you know, that's it. Go get another job. Whereas my family and friends, you know, are there to help me through those moments. So, yeah, very grateful. Well, I'm so glad to hear that. And um, I, I, no doubt they're so proud of you, uh, uh, all that you have accomplished uh, uh, as well over the years. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, I mentioned about uh, having uh, courage 
which I think just becoming an actor or doing uh, artistic projects can often require courage to begin with, um, no matter what level of the industry you might be at. But I'll tell you what, uh, you, you, like you said, there's other uh, paths that one can take that might just be more secure, at least on the surface, right? A, a nine-to-five type mm-hmm. job or a, a, a career that's dependable and steady and you don't have to necessarily worry about finances all the time. And, and then mm-hmm. there's... Hollywood. <laughs> and then there's um, yep. this, um, this, this amazing industry that um, I'll tell you what, anything can happen at any time. And um, it, it is so much fun, but there is also a lot of challenging uh, aspects to it. As you know, Carly, uh, you described yeah. some of that so well just moments ago. So what about this uh, conflict? Or was there a conflict with you to go down a, a medical path or pursue acting? Was there any conflict there for you? Was it something like you just really struggled with? Or did you just kind of know at one point what, what needed to be done? Yeah, it's that was an interesting time for me. I... So I'll take it back. Um, After I graduated, I was a biology major, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do exactly. Uh, In college, I thought maybe I would want to get into biomedical research. But a couple really long, tedious labs, you know, classes that I had to be in kind of, you know, woke me up to the idea that maybe that wasn't going to be the best fit for me. I don't think I had the patience for it, to be frank. Um, and so I got a job at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, and they it was a great landing spot to kind of explore different careers in healthcare. And as I was working there, I got more and more drawn to the idea that I wanted to go to med school. I wanted to become a doctor myself. And so I was working there and finishing up a couple classes uh, like on the weekends that I hadn't taken an undergrad that I needed to finish to apply to med school, to keep MCAT. I was basically deep in getting ready to apply to med school when I started to realize, well, I don't know if this is a great fit. Uh, the deeper into it I got, the more I had this feeling in my gut that maybe maybe I'm pushing forward on something now just because I've invested so much time and energy into it instead of because it's really what I, you know, long to and dream of doing. Uh, Also at the same time, my dad was very sick and my dad eventually passed away uh, all, all around the same time. So I was kind of coming to terms with maybe this isn't the right path for me and you know, losing my father, and he was such a just little ball of energy and life. And I think I couldn't help but think about how he lived life to the fullest and would want that for me. And he would never be somebody who would just be like, oh, yeah, you know, go to med school. That's prestigious. It'd be, you know, what are you going to do with your life that is going to make it worthwhile, you know, when you're looking back on it in the end. And, you know, don't be afraid to take risks or, you know, take on a challenge. So it was, it didn't feel like once I, once I realized I don't think med school is going to be right for me, 
I kind of just went like, well, now what? (laughs) I didn't (laughs) really know what was going to come next. I had sort of run through all my little ideas and had hit kind of the end of the road, at least as far as I could see with this identity I had kind of embraced of like the girl who loves science and, you know, the academic. And I realized, well, you know, I have a job right now. I'm secure. I don't need to have my whole life figured out this very instant. So why don't I cut myself a little bit of a break and just stop trying to figure it out so hard? Uh, maybe I don't have the answers right now. Let me just do something fun, you know, spend time with my friends and family, maybe take some classes, see what New York has to offer that's outside of what I normally do. And that's when the ideas, you know, popped back into my head. And I think maybe it had been there dormant all along since I was a kid and, you know, did musical theater. But I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I'll take, maybe I'll take an acting class or an improv class. Like, New York is like an artistic city. Why don't I like do something artsy? And it would just be for fun, you know, no stakes involved, just to explore. And I just Googled it. <laughs> and I just went online and started looking up acting classes and found one that seems like, you know what? Cool. That that might be something I would like gel with. Like it seems like a positive environment. The teachers was young and, you know, seemed very excited. And I was like, let me give that a go. Uh, so it wasn't really a time where I was debating medicine or acting, medicine or acting. It basically came down to, well, I'm not going to do medicine. I'm not going to do science. Now what? And then, you know, a little while later, acting came into my head, tried it out for fun. But then it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I got last in my first floor audition. Or, you know, a senior put up, got some directions from the teachers. Uh, Matt Newton and an acting studio, awesome guy, great studio. He, you know, gave me some notes, made some tweaks, you know, made the room laugh. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I actually really like this. And I kept coming <laughs> back and coming back. And then it was just a matter of becoming, you know, it slowly became less and less of a hobby and more, more of uh, a career. Thank you for sharing all that, first of all. Um, I really enjoyed uh, listening to your your stories and descriptions there. Um, first, I must say, Carly, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you uh, regarding your father. Um, oh, thank you. And and you know what? Uh, I'm listening to you describe him, and and then I'm thinking about what you have accomplished since then. And it's clear to me, if you don't mind me saying, just based on <laughs> on on what I'm hearing from you, is that. You know what? He's a big part of why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, his inspiration, he inspired you, and, and that stayed with you. And I think that is a beautiful thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I, I definitely, you know, when I look back, he was a huge movie buff. He loved movies. You know, back when Blockbuster was a major player, we would go on weekends and rent three movies on a Saturday and then finish them and go back and get three more on a Sunday. Oh, uh, wow. So I wish I was your neighbor. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun, you know, and we would watch everything from like the big hits to just 
movies, you know, nobody's ever heard of besides the people involved. Just, you know, anything that looked interesting or funny or just, you know, let's try this. We would watch it all. So I I think, you know, that experience with him and the rest of my family, you know, movies being a bonding thing definitely, you know, also helped plant some seeds of that's something that I want to be a part of. You know, I love watching and, you know, and then to flip around and get to be a part of that and know that I could, you know, bring a little bit of those experiences to other people is just wonderful. It sure is. And uh, I grew up in the 80s, Carly. Um, and so let me tell you, a very fun decade, right? <laughs> very interesting. <laughs> and I saw yeah. a lot. I saw like, you know, I was there with the first gaming system, the Atari 2600. <laughs> and now look at what we have. And of course, I was there for VCRs and, and mm. then video stores. And I was listening to your story. And I was just thinking how I used to ride my bicycle to the local blockbuster and I would rent like three to five movies every weekend. Um, and I just, I, and and like when I was listening to you, I I, I'm exactly the same way. I'd love to go in and and discover new films or go, wow, I never knew this actor was in this film. I never even heard of it or try something different. And, and I would mix it up with new ones and old ones. So I really enjoyed listening to that story. Oh, great. Yeah, no, I think it was, uh, you know, I love the streaming platforms and everything that we have now, but there's a part of me, maybe I'm dating myself here, that does miss getting to go in and just physically browse and pick things yes. out and flip them over and read the description. And uh, it was it was definitely part of my, like, uh, my childhood, my teen years growing up, going to the yes. video store and picking out some movies. I have to tell you, I was very sad, Carly, when they started to disappear. It caught my attention yeah. quickly. And then, like you said, browsing. That, that's Sure. Like, look, mobile devices and, and look, Amazon and Netflix, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fun. Like, you, you, you turn them on and you, ha- you can explore and find things. But walking into a video store... You feel like there's hidden treasures in there, and it's fun. Like, I could spend, spend literally hours sometimes trying to pick my three to five movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, an, like, a, an intentionality, I think, when you, like, you know, head over to a store physically and devote your time and energy to picking something out that is just a little different than if you're, you know, clicking online and just hitting an arrow, next, 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 next. Um, which is, you know, I think both have their place. I'm the same way with reading and bookstores. I have a Kindle, but I still love bookstores. You know, oh, I kind of like a wonderful. mix of both. Oh, I, I love stepping into a bookstore, Carly. I can completely yeah. connect on what you're saying there. The atmosphere. I feel like I'm stepping into a world of adventure because, um, yeah. I mean, what am I going to find in here? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I do have to uh, bring this up to you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. For all the good things of a video store, there, there, there's a couple of things that I remember. Do you remember the stickers that would say, be kind, please rewind? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing like getting yeah. home and the movie was not rewound. I was like, oh, no. Uh-huh. And if you were yeah. looking for a new release, Carly, I don't know if you ever did this, uh, but uh, and they were all out. As soon as you heard that clank, mm-hmm of someone dropping in on the, from the outside, uh, oh, I would head yeah. over to the counter and go, oh, is that the film I was after? And, and sometimes it was, and sometimes it wasn't. Oh, that's, but. that's funny. I did forget about that. Yeah, the little, <laughs> the little slot on the outside of the building, you could return 
return your movies and drop in there. But yeah, then if it was all sold out, you'd you could check the bin if it was just returned. <laughs> uh, I totally uh, forgot about that. Yeah. Well, such fun uh, discussing uh, uh, being able to go to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video. There was several mm-hmm. of those uh, near me as well. So yeah. when you um, uh, decided to move to, to to Los Angeles, to Hollywood, so when yeah. did that happen for you? Yeah, so I guess I've been in L.A. now about three years. Uh, so it was maybe around three and a half years ago when uh, the decision to move out here, when I basically decided that, yeah, moving out to L.A. was the plan. I'd been thinking about it for a little while and did a trip. I visited L.A. actually for the first time in high school with a chorus. A chorus trip took me out here. I got my first little taste of California. And then I had come back out to visit a college friend and some relatives who lived out here when I was in college. But overall, hadn't spent that much time on the West Coast or in L.A. So I did a little kind of exploratory trip, came out for about 10 days stayed in some different neighborhoods just to get an idea, like, do I really want to make the move from New York to LA and loved it, kind of fell in love immediately and could picture myself living here. And then, yeah, it took a couple, you know, a little time to prepare and, you know, get the move, get ready to make the move. But then it's been about three years that I've been, been living in LA now. Well, congratulations, first of all, Thank for, you. Yeah. for being there for three years and, and, and having that courage to, to move uh, practically across the country. Now, did you drive uh, out there when you made the move? No, I actually, well, this is kind of funny. So I have two cats and an oh, English okay. bulldog. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, I've seen photos of your bulldog on your Instagram yeah. patch, which yeah, a very lovely they, they page make- you have. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, they definitely all make their appearances. Uh, you know, I might be biased, but I think they're adorable. Uh, <laughs> so, what a face he has. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, yeah. He's got a very smushable, goofy, ridiculous <laughs> face. Um, yeah, I think it's adorable. But um, yeah, so I had two cats and a dog and a car. And the cats basically can't handle the car for, like, any amount of time. They're miserable. Um, So I was trying to figure out, how do I get the car, all of them out, my stuff, um, and not lose my mind in the process (laughs) driving this, you know, across country. And I was with my ex at the time. We moved out here together. And it made the most sense, we realized, to... Uh, fly ourselves out and we had a moving company that moving expenses wonderfully were covered so we could ship our stuff out fly ourselves out and then there's companies out there that do that will drive your car for you across the country with your animals in it because sometimes your animals can't fly or you don't want them to and they'll either drive your car or somebody or like they have their own transportation they will drive your your pets around the country for you. Wow! I never knew this was a service. I, uh, I did. I, I I've never heard of that. Yeah. Um, I wish I could give them a shout out. I'm I'm forgetting the exact company name. I want like Royal Pet Paws, Royal Paws, Royal Pet. Um, but you know, it's a service that is out there, and so <laughs> uh, <laughs> to 
two lovely gentlemen from the South showed up the day that we were moving and took our car with our cats and our dog and uh, drove across country in two days. And two days? Two days. They take turns, you know, they, well, one so drive. So nonstop. Nonstop. That's what they do, yeah. Um, you know, a couple short little breaks. So I got some fun pictures of my dog taking, you know, his little breaks throughout, you know, the whole <laughs> country. Here he is by the Rocky Mountains, you know, here he is at a rest stop and, you know, just like very silly, very fun. Uh, but that's yes. how they got over to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> they made it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. They had their own little adventure. I'm sure they did. And well, for me, I drove across the country, Carly. Um, I mean, I mean, literally from North Carolina, because I also lived in mm. Southern Pines, right next to Pinehurst. I had done a lot of theater there. Oh, and, yeah. Um, I drove all the way on 40, most of the way, Carly. Like I'm talking mm. literally almost the entire way. And then eventually when you get into California, you do start going on on a, a, a different freeway, so to speak, or highway. But I got to right. tell you, I had so many adventures driving across uh, the country like that yeah. in my little car. <laughs> uh, of course, yeah. There's a part of me that's always a little sad. I think that was the perfect opportunity to do the big cross-country trip, which I've always kind of wanted to do. Um, and just see parts of the country that you might not otherwise really get to spend time in. But for us, it's just between the animals and work schedules starting up, we didn't have the time to really, you know, make it a trip. We needed to get out there quickly. Um, But yeah, I feel like everybody who's done a cross-country drive like that has some kind of crazy fun stories to share. Well, no doubt about that. Um, I'll have to share some with you sometime. Lots of fun and um, uh, exciting moments. And then when I first arrived to L.A., I I just felt uh, instantly connected to the city and the vibe. Mm. It sounds like you had a a similar uh, reaction, and it just grew on me so quickly. But I did get lost instantly, almost instantly. Mm. And that's, (laughs) that's how I learned to drive around L.A. and Hollywood, Carly. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. basically, with the streets being so long, you know, if you miss your street, I mean, that's how I basically got really familiar with the layout of L.A. is by getting lost for the first month or so. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like some of the roads, the way they're set up, if you don't, if you haven't driven it before, you're on, you know, the left side of a six-lane highway, and all of a sudden your exit is on the right. They're like, how did, you can't do that, you know, unless you know ahead of time, oh, I got to start getting over here. Like, there's very little warning. <laughs> but you're not going to make that exit, you know, or you shouldn't make that exit. Otherwise, you're going to cause an accident. So you miss it and you drive a little longer. And yeah, you kind of end up, you know, you take the next exit and all of a sudden you're exploring a new neighborhood. Um, so yeah, definitely had my, <laughs> my fair share <laughs> of those moments kind of getting to explore L.A. I love those long streets when, like I yeah. used to go to Glendale, I wouldn't even get on the highway. I would just, I would go through Burbank and then I would mm-hmm. make that turn down into Hollywood. And I just, I, I, that, that was kind of my style was if I could avoid the freeway, I would. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> smart. <laughs> yes. yeah. I, um, no, I definitely, I still feel like I'm finding neighborhoods that are new to me. Um, just, you know, going to somebody's house for the first time or a new theater or just a new acting class or 
just whatever it is, you're finding a new restaurant and then all of a sudden you just discover something, you know, it's been there all along, but LA's huge. So I think it's been kind of fun just getting to explore, you know, three years in, I feel like I still have so much more to see. Oh, no doubt about it. So much to explore and experience. And, and, and that is just, uh, that is just, uh, Incredible. Well, I will share yeah. with you just really quickly, because I have some questions about your arrival mm. to Los Angeles that has uh, come to mind. But before I do, mm-hmm. speaking of getting lost, my first acting class so um, was actually um, not far from CBS in that area, mm. uh, CBS mm-hmm. television uh, uh, studio. And uh, I got lost on the way back. On there, I did great. But it must have been, you know, yeah. nighttime, and and I drove up and down for uh-huh. hours on, uh-huh. um, uh, you know, in Hollywood, back and forth. I'm seeing the CNN building, and then I'm seeing it on the way back, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm really lost. So I finally called my two roommates. There was me and two other guys, mm-hmm. and we were all rooming together to share expenses. You know how that is out there. And, mm-hmm. and so I finally broke down and called because I, I just couldn't figure this out. And I'll never forget, yeah. they said, where are you? I said, well, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to get home from acting class. And they, they, finally, <laughs> they finally helped me out. I believe it was Highland Avenue that I was looking for. Uh, oh. th- th- that's the, I kept getting uh, that mistaken with another street. But I finally made it yeah. home. But that's how you learn. You just you, you get lost, and then you learn next time. Yep, and then you're never going to miss Highland again. <laughs> that's right. I, I didn't, trust me. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. What what do you like about L.A.? You've described some of it, but um, so let me put it this way. What do you like to do for fun these past three years mm. in Los Angeles? Let's say you have some downtime, right? Like you don't have a project that, that you're worrying about or you're preparing mm-hmm. for. You have a day to yourself. I mean, what, what do you like to do for fun in L.A.? Yeah. Well, one of the big things that was kind of a surprise for me. I think my understanding of LA before I moved out here was kind of limited. I, you know, I thought about the entertainment industry. I didn't realize, you know, you hear about the Hollywood Hills, but there's so much hiking, you know, it's not just the houses up there. There's some beautiful neighborhoods, but uh, there's a lot of hiking trails on, you know, throughout the hills or just a short drive around in any direction almost that I've loved getting to explore. Uh, so definitely getting outside and hiking. Another thing that I've loved is rediscovering horseback riding. I rode as a kid uh, for fun, just camps. And like I said before, I grew up in a very rural area. A lot of my neighbors had horses, so I you know, help take care of them and ride them for fun. And that was something I hadn't done at all when I was living in New York and New Jersey, you know, as an adult it didn't really feel like it was accessible where I was living. And when I moved out here, I kind of started embracing just how much outdoor space is and the weather is beautiful. You can do these things year round. So, you know, without having to find, you know, an indoor ring or something. So I started horseback riding again over the last maybe year or two. And that has been one of the best things I've done in a long time. I've loved getting back into that. 
Well, that's that's wonderful. And I really appreciate you sharing so much with me today. I'm having so much fun speaking with you, and I'm not surprised that uh, you're this uh, bright and intelligent lady. I mean, you're definitely talented and and, and skilled as an actress, and and certainly very beautiful, if you don't mind me saying. But wow, it's it's, it's so nice to to learn how bright and, and intelligent you are. Oh, well, thank you very much. Well, you're most welcome. And I usually save things like this for the end, but I mean, I did bring up your Instagram page. Uh, I guess I might as well uh, uh, ask you about, uh, you know, if folks would like to uh, see some of your photos and learn more about you, uh, you know, how they can do that by finding you on Instagram. Sure, yeah. Um, on Instagram, you can find me at it's thus spake Carly. So I'll spell it out. It's a bit of a mouthful. It's T-H-U-S-S-P-A-K-E-C-A-R-L-Y. That's fake Carly. I um, like it. And I actually, thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I actually use the same thing on Twitter, so if that's more your speed, um, I'm on Twitter, not as much, but I'm over there as well. And yeah, Instagram is a lot of, you know, a little bit of behind the scenes for acting, headshots, projects that I'm doing as well as, you know, little glimpses of what I'm up to in L.A. outside of that. So, you know, like you mentioned before, my pets all make an appearance or hiking <laughs> or a day at the beach and just kind of little highlights of uh, what it's like to live in L.A. Well, I'm looking forward to going through more of it. Uh, I just followed you, just so you know, because um, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter. And then my yeah. show's on, on, on Twitter and also on Instagram. So I have two pages on both and the same for Facebook. So um, right. I, I'm very excited to be following you on Instagram and, and Twitter as well. And I, there was a photo I have to bring up of your dog laying on its back. And I believe you put the <laughs> caption, something about, you know, yay, the weekend's here or the weekend's starting. <laughs> that sounds uh, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and very lovely photos. Uh, uh, oh, I mean, you, you take you. great photos or whoever's taking them of you does a great job as well. I mean, they're not just your <laughs> standard photos. You have some very nice photos. And I have a love for the beach and and warm weather, and, and I, mm. I was very happy to see that you too seem to enjoy that. You mentioned a lot of your favorite places in around LA, and 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 just wonderful photos. So I encourage you folks out there to to visit Carly on Instagram, no doubt about it. Oh, well, so I assume you started taking some acting classes once you got to LA. And um, let me ask you this though: When did you mm-hmm. feel like? You know, some people don't like to use this phrase, I've noticed anymore, mm. but I'm going to use mm. it in this situation, so just keep that in mind. Um, sure. Did you ever feel like, okay, um, this is my big break, or let's put it this way, was there a role or a job that made you feel like, ah, I'm suddenly on a different level now as an actress? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I feel like there are, you know, if we're lucky, we'll have multiple moments where you feel like your career has gone to the next level. And I think for me, probably one of the first ones that I really experienced was um, getting cast on Homeland. I think that definitely felt like a big step for me doing a lot of, you know, first student films and short films and some independent things to now here is a huge, you know, international show with an amazing cast and, you know, directors and writers and uh, a big budget and big sets and 
it felt to me, not that it was a more important role or um, story to tell, but it was a different playing field. You know, it was very professional and everybody on it was wonderful. And I think for me, that was kind of a moment of like, oh, wow. Okay. Like I, you know, I've been, you know, working on my craft and building up my credits and loving that process. And here I am now I get to play at a slightly higher uh, level. So that was one of like the first big steps for me, I think. Uh, I also at that time, it was kind of wild. I uh, I was shooting uh, in between getting cast in Homeland. I flew back to film my first lead in an independent feature and then came back to do Homeland. So it was a great time just for me as an actor of working a lot in different kinds of productions. One was a horror comedy, then there was Homeland, you know, it's much more intense drama. One was in LA, the other was in New York. So I was kind of getting to travel across the country. You know, I know long-term people say that that gets tiring. And of course it does with the time change and just the energy involved. But at that time I was just, I was in the excitement of it. I felt very lucky and fortunate to be doing all of this work that felt satisfying and creative and fun. There's that word again. Um, but it right. was a moment fun. where I kind of realized like, Oh, cool. I'm kind of, I'm taking this career to the next level right now. Very exciting. And now yeah. we get to um, bunkheads. And I have to yeah. tell you that I thoroughly enjoyed uh, viewing the series on Amazon Prime. I'd like to encourage folks out there, if you've not viewed it, uh, I definitely encourage you to do so. Um, and I have to tell you, I didn't really know 100% what to expect because I, I really hadn't heard much about it. I was just vaguely familiar with the title. And wow, I went through every episode uh, very quickly and... Um, absolutely hysterical i mean i just i just <laughs> laughed so much and uh lots of as you know carly lots of uh, uh one-liners and that became clear like the first episode it was just like <laughs> the stuff people were saying to each other and and you know it kind of became like the focal point of the show is is this this witty dialogue but there was still some um you know there, there's still something more there than just that and, and i was glad to see that you know it, it seems like every episode to me got better and better but they're all good but I'd like to ask you about your audition for Bunkheads, or how did this all come about for you to have this opportunity? Yeah, well, first off, thank you for, you know, watching it all and for all the kind words. You know, I think we definitely wanted to, you know, obviously it's jokes and one-liners and, you know, kind of bantering amongst the cast. We had so much fun. You know, it was in the script, and then they let us, you know, improv and kind of tweak things, and we got to play, and I think that comes across in some of the banter. Um, but there's also still, you know, we, we wanted heart there as well, not just, yes. not just jokes, jokes, jokes. Um, and then as far as getting cast, um, I believe I, let's see, I don't remember which casting site it was, but I saw a breakdown go out for the show in these roles. So that's, there's casting websites that actors can subscribe to and, you know, writers, directors, casting directors particularly will send out, you know, what they're casting. And I saw the show Bunkheads and 
read read about it, read the description of the character Danny that I would ultimately play and was like, ah, oh, this seems great. You know, I, I loved the concepts behind it. I just loved the language that was being used to describe the show and the characters. And it seemed like it would be a lot of fun. So I submitted, you know, with a headshot and some clips of my previous work and was lucky enough to get called in for an audition. And the auditions from the beginning, we were paired up to read with other actors. So it was basically a chemistry read to see how people worked together because I think from the beginning, the, you know, writer and director of Bunkheads knew that chemistry in this small ensemble was going to be key. So they wanted to make sure they were, you know, getting that right and figuring it out from the very beginning. So I had a couple pretty long scenes, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, It was quite a lot of dialogue and pages to learn, but it was fun. I loved the writing. So prepared for the audition, went in. Um, I, you know, sometimes you can have all kinds of audition experiences. They can be, you know, sometimes you're like, wow, well, that was rough, uh, to, wow, that was amazing. And then everything in between. Uh, and I felt pretty good leaving that audition. I, you know, I got some laughs in the room, which is always a good sign. It doesn't mean you'll get the part, but I was like, okay, I did something right here. Uh, but you never know. And then eventually went in for callbacks, uh, did some, some uh, I don't remember if we did new material or not, but worked uh, again in callbacks with different actors that time. And finally, uh, some time passed and I was starting to think, well, you know, I guess they went with somebody else. I try to make a habit of once I've auditioned or had a callback, it can be hard, but just try to forget about it. Don't, you know, I try not to fixate on like, ooh, am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? Because you'll drive yourself crazy. But I did really want this part. So I couldn't help but wonder, um, okay, you know, I guess I thought it went well, but maybe not. And finally, uh, after what felt like a long time, but probably wasn't, I, I got a call that uh, Gabe, writer, the producer, wanted to meet with me. And at that point, I thought, well, that's a good sign. <laughs> I'm definitely still either in the running, you know, maybe they want to just like meet with their, you know, top choices and kind of, you know, go by who they get along with the best, you know, that would be a possibility. Or maybe they want to offer me the part. I don't know. You know, I tried not to get my hopes up too much. Uh, But, you know, I tried to look cute, (laughs) got ready to go for the meeting. (laughs) And, you know, fortunately, at, at that point, they offered me the part. Well, congratulations. That's a that's a great story. Um, and just to quickly recap, because I did describe it earlier, and especially at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. but this is a zombie apocalypse. And mm-hmm. um, uh, this is for those people just now joining us, Carly. So you never know, yeah. right? They could have just now walked mm-hmm. in the room. I mean, you just never know, yeah. right? <laughs> sure, yeah. So why not? A year later has passed. I mean, it has a great premise, really does, and uh, it makes you wonder why it hasn't really been thought about before. You know, I was that, that's another <laughs> thought that came into my head. The writer in me was like, hmm, I might have missed that. Yeah. But um, I, so you're all yeah. stuck down there for a year. You're the only lady, and um, and it's, well, that's a great setup. And like you said, the one-liners, but there's heart there. There's, there's, you can tell that, you know, there's a lot of love and hate going on there, but you're in it together. Uh, mm. A lot of uh, uh, offbeat humor, I mean, that, that, that really catches you off guard uh, sometimes um uh, and i noticed that uh, that 
that due to the situation, many many of the characters are wearing the same clothes for a very long period of time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eating the same yeah. food for a long period of time, um, and uh, so it all has a great um, setup there. Uh, what do you like about playing Danny the most? What have you enjoyed when you portray the character? Uh, yeah. I mean, I loved playing Danny, so it's hard to pick out one one thing. But I really like how she's outnumbered, but really stands up for herself. Uh, she is not afraid to speak her mind. And, you know, sometimes she has to, you know put her foot down with boys, essentially, (laughs) but, you know, sometimes they can act like boys, and she is not afraid to, to kind of speak up, Uh, and that's part of her growth in the show, too. I think, you know, we see, uh, you know, without giving too much away, we see some flashbacks to a version of Danny who didn't necessarily have the highest self-esteem or you know the ability yet to really stand up for herself or see herself as more worthy but you know along with dealing with zombies and trying not to go stir crazy in this bunker underground they all kind of all of the characters danny included kind of experience some realizations about themselves and grow in ways that maybe they wouldn't have if this situation hadn't happened um, so yeah, it was really fun to see Danny be spunky and, um, to get to play somebody who's not afraid to hold back or doesn't hold back. Excellent descriptions. Thank you. And, um, I really love the banter between Danny and, uh, mm. Kip. I'm sure you're not surprised mm. to hear that. <laughs> oh my no, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you what it was like uh, working with the gentleman who uh, portrays Kip, Chris O'Brien. And I'd like to bring up just real quickly, Carly. I really, really enjoyed the um, episode. I believe it's episode three, but don't quote me on that, where you guys have the mm. political debates. I mean, you guys have to entertain mm. yourselves somehow. And uh, it's yeah. set up to where, like, each of you are or you're looking at the camera, actually, for folks that don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and you're, you're you're basically, it's like a presidential debate with Matt. Mm-hmm. Overseeing everything. I mean, that was some very funny stuff. Uh, his character oh, definitely cracks me up, and I just the, the reactions yeah. your character has. I mean, really, <laughs> honestly, it's just so so funny to me. I mean, it, it really is. Good evening, America. I'm Matt Johnson, lead reporter at Bunkhead News, and it is my privilege to bring you the first national World War Z presidential debate, brought to you by Salmon Now. It's what's for dinner, and lunch, and breakfast. Let's get right to it and meet the candidates. And finally, we have Miss Danielle winning. I like Danielle's always winning. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Ow. This is awesome. Now it's time for our opening statements. Our first female nominee for president from a major party 
faced an openly contentious country, an uncooperative Congress, a divisive FBI, and the Russians. And she still lost. And she lost to a man who laid waste to generation of prosperity and led us to our current apocalyptic state. Lies, fallacy, liberal bias. None of this would have happened if he'd nominated Bernie. Oh, shut up, Bernie, bro. He wasn't unemployed until he was in his 30s. Only because he was trying to save the world. If you elect me, our first female POTUS, I will guide us out from our bunkers and into the wide open spaces. I will break the chains of our mediocrity. And I will spread daylight across this, our darkest hour. And I will do it hand in hand with you. Thank you. Woo! Next up, Mr. Skipper. First of all, wow. Huh? Wasn't that just something? Yeah. But what is it like working with him? Yeah, I mean, the whole cast and the whole crew were fantastic. I think when they, you know, by focusing so much on, you know, building an ensemble with chemistry early on, it really paid off because we all just immediately got along and had fun on set. Um, And obviously, like, once you get to know the show a little bit better, uh, Kip, played by Chris O'Brien, and my character, Danny, kind of are constantly butting heads because Kip has a giant crush on Danny. (laughs) And, you know, there's this possibility, but maybe they're the last four people on the planet. You know, maybe they have to repopulate the planet, that kind of crazy (laughs) scenario that people talk about as a joke. He was very excited about that possibility, too, wasn't he? Oh, yes, he was. (laughs) Uh, He was very excited. Um, And, you know, obviously Danny's, you know, dealt with sexism (laughs) and, you know, the reality of that in her real life and is maybe not as amused by the boys' antics here of talking about these scenarios. And so Danny spends a lot of the series kind of pushing back against Kip or putting him in his place, giving him a bit of a reality check of like, Hey, you know, women are people and you need to like kind of see this from somebody else's point of view. And he's kind of young and has a lot of growing up to do. And he, you know, there's some growth there. We start to see, we start to see the movement in the right direction, (laughs) but playing, you know, opposite Chris was awesome. We got along as, you know, good friends really very quickly, you know, off, you know, uh, when we weren't on camera, you know, in between takes, everybody was hanging out and chatting about, you know, everything from silly jokes and memes and inside jokes that took place on set to, you know, like getting to know each other as people. And so, and he's hilarious, you know, he's, he was fun to banter with, always bringing something new and surprising to different takes. So it was, it, you know, it was fun to play with him, especially since he was playing a character that's maybe a little more difficult to embrace. You know, some <laughs> actors might shy away from some of the moments and roles, the moments and lines that he had to deliver. You know, it's maybe not everybody's going to be comfortable playing a character who is easy to dislike, you know, and he kind of jumped into it, you know, <laughs> willing to maybe say some things and put his foot in his mouth you know, for the sake of the character and the sake of the story. And that commitment, you know, made the jokes land. And, you know, it made my job a lot easier because I had something to react off 
off of. So <laughs> sure did. It was uh, great to work with him and the rest of the guys. Everybody just brought yes. their A game. It was super fun. Well, all of them. Yes. Every single one of them. Uh, does a fantastic job, no doubt about it. And the chemistry auditions that you described so well, mm-hmm. obviously, has paid off because you all have excellent chemistry. And I like your mm-hmm. description of 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 what you were saying about uh, Chris. You know, uh, with that kind of character, you know, uh, in the wrong hands, it would probably be interpreted differently. And the thing that I like about his choices is that you cut, you cut. I walk away from viewing an episode, going, you know what, that poor character, he. Just just doesn't know any better like it's almost like it's almost like he says these things but he just doesn't even it's almost like he doesn't know better he needs somebody to kind of say you know we don't talk like that you you don't always express yourself in those ways so um he does a great job yeah he definitely plays somebody who doesn't really realize yet how much growing up they have to do and over you know the course of time and you know our characters, the other characters in the bunker kind of bringing stuff up, he starts to see that maybe, oh, maybe I have been wrong in situations. And, you know, I think it's not that he's coming from a place of, you know, mean-spiritedness, but he does, you know, say some offensive things. And part of growing up is taking responsibility for that and realizing you have to change. Um, And that, you know, ignorance isn't isn't an excuse or, you know, a way to get away with that behavior. But, you know, it kind of explains it. And then you got to grow up um, and do better. And so we start to see that with Kip's character. And, uh, yeah, I really, I, um, I appreciated the way Chris, you know, uh, brought that to life. Well, I would like to ask you this question, because while I was viewing it, Carly, uh, it just kept entering my thoughts. And, and, you know, it can happen to the best of us, to the best of performers. I mean, even as someone as talented as, as you. But, I mean, mm-hmm. some of these moments are so funny, right? Mm-hmm. That, I, you know, okay, you probably know what I'm going to ask, I bet. And that mm-hmm. is, you know, those moments where you act, you know, unintentionally break character because you suddenly start laughing. You know, it wasn't planned mm-hmm. to be, you know, but because I, I'm just thinking on a show like this with that kind of dialogue and as mm-hmm. an actor, even though you're like, in the zone, right, Carly? Just seeing their yeah. facial expressions, and and for example, we're talking about uh, you know Kip Kip and and the character, and just the way he would respond to what you had to say. I mean, did you have a lot of moments like that, or or did that not happen very much? Yeah, you know, I think by some force of will, we all generally really managed to get through the takes. Oh, wow. That's great. Be committed. And then as soon as they called cut, we'd be, (laughs) you know, doubled over laughing. Okay, Um, there you go. That was a big challenge of just like, all right, you know, hold it in. (laughs) We're all, you know, like something happens and it's ridiculous. And then as soon as they called cut, we would lose it. Um, Okay, there you go. I'm probably forgetting a couple moments where, you know, we busted up laughing mid-take because, you know, it happens and everybody was just you know, just being so funny. Um, but for the most part, we tried to hold it in until we could let loose uh, at the end. Well, before we conclude here, I, I did want to bring up a, a quick moment from the 
from the series and that, that was the uh, episode where Matt is standing there and all of you are sitting on the other side in, in, in the, in the mm-hmm. bunker and, and then all of a sudden it's discovered that there's a, a, a half of an arm on his back, you know, a hand. And th- th- yeah. th- that was very, very funny. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I, uh, I enjoyed reading it in the script when I first got, you know, uh, got all the scripts. And then I really enjoyed getting to do this scene. <laughs> well, Carly, I would like to ask you this. Uh, and and um, I hope you don't mind me asking because um, mm-hmm. obviously the episodes are shorter. Like, in other words, mm-hmm. these are not hour long episodes or even half hour. They're like 10 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes around there. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it, it works. And I understand what the why that is happening. So, is the plan for uh, season two? Is that confirmed? Mm-hmm. Season two is in the works. Uh, I know everybody involved is dying to get back into it. Uh, forgive the like zombie pun, <laughs> <laughs> um, but everybody would love to see a season two. I know you know the writer, director, producer. Everybody's on board uh, with a season two in the works. And we're just waiting, um, you know, fingers crossed that we can, you know, get picked up or funding for a second season. So uh, hopefully we will be back to explore these characters and maybe see a little bit more of the zombie apocalypse that's, you know, going on above the bunker uh, if we do get a season two. So, yeah, if uh, if all goes well, we will film another one. And I have to say, if you don't mind me adding here at the end, that the creative side of the show, right? The or mm-hmm. let's let, what I'm saying be behind the camera, the director and writers, yeah. they've done an excellent job of leaving enough hints of what could really be expanded mm. on. I mean, like for example, flashbacks. I mean, this could be something mm-hmm. that's a regular theme. I mean, th- so you can actually have uh, them outside the bunker, and uh, and then just different comedic. Uh, situations that can be explored, like the episode where um, uh, Kip brought uh, a girlfriend unexpectedly into the bunker, and um, yeah. th- 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 that was a very interesting episode. And um, uh, you, and you know what? So I mean, there's so much possibility, and and I, for one, and I'm sure I speak for so many, I really do hope uh, season two does happen, and because I would like to see more of you as well, Carly. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that, and I. Yeah, I mean, I would love, I would love to play Danny and you know get back into that world. And like you said, I agree. There are a lot of different uh, ways we can explore outside of season one. Their their past, their future, what's going on outside the bunker, uh, continuing the relationship inside. There's a lot to play with. So um, yeah, I hope we get to do that. And is there any projects that you're working on now? that are not connected to this show that you would like to mention at this time? Or is there anything that you're maybe hoping to do or planning to do? Yeah, well, I have a couple things kind of in various stages at the moment. Great. I have a an indie feature called uh, Blood Puppet Christmas 94. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, which I love that title. It's ridiculous it's and also perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, a very unique. Senate guest. Yeah. Uh, Blood Puppet Christmas 94. So that is being submitted to film festivals right now, I believe. So hopefully, oh, you know, you'll be seeing that out in the world later this year and next, uh, which will be exciting. I also have a script that I'm working on, uh, a rom-com, a feature script that has been really fun. I'm co-writing with an actor, writer, friend of mine in New York. 
So we've been working on that together. I've got some other, you know, short form web series in development, uh, working on that as well. And yeah, other than that, you know, doing the, you know, I've got those projects, which are things I have a little more control of. And then, you know, auditioning for other things that, you know, uh, hopefully I'll be on, you know, TV or in other movies in the future too. (laughs) Well, you definitely have, uh, as I've said, uh, I think a few times, Carly, but in case you missed it, you have very mm-hmm. appealing screen presence. I just uh, I wanted to ah. definitely emphasize that. And, and you're the kind of artistic person I just love speaking with so much because you make me feel good about my, you know, my artistry. And um, I mean, I could literally talk to you for hours and hours. And um, <laughs> ah. so um, I, I'm going to be looking for an excuse to have you back to Hollywood and beyond, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. I mean, you'll always be ah. welcome here. Oh, thank you. I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Well, and I thought we would end by uh, mentioning your very nice website. I, I mean, it's laid oh. out so nice, and I love how you have on the the, the, the main page, hey, let's not complicate mm. this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those weird things as an actor where you have to you know, promote yourself a bit, and yes. that's something I've had to wrap my head around and get a little more comfortable with. And, you know, sometimes you can, people can have very, um, you know, professional, third-person style, you know, biographies, and some people go in the other direction, and it's super casual, and I was trying to find what's right for me. You know, it's not one size fits all, and I kind of figured, you know, we don't need to make this more complicated. I don't need to come up with something crazy fancy to put here like this is my acting website here's your you're gonna find all my acting things you know it's not rocket science so i'm glad you like that i sure did and and sometimes less actually is more isn't it carly it's just it's hard for us to sometimes know that (laughs) yeah yeah it's easy to get lost in the you know you can go down the rabbit hole of trying to perfect it and am i saying everything i need to say about myself and you know Sometimes it's, well, people, are, people can figure it out. You know, people are smarter <laughs> than we give them credit for. Well, so I give, well, uh, you know, put the, give the information and let it speak for itself. Well, and how do folks find the website? Um, it's very simple. It's just <laughs> my name. It's com. That's what it is. Well, I give the website a thumbs up. I give you two thumbs up. I give bunkheads thumbs up. I mean, uh, everything about this has been fabulous because you are fabulous. Ah, thank um, you so much. You're just the kind of guest I'm just always so happy to have on the show. And um, I I have no doubt that you're going to do a lot of amazing things. And if you ever need someone to collaborate with or run an idea with uh, regarding writing or anything at all, you know, you're always welcome to reach out to me. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I would love to be back on the show i would love to talk as uh, fellow creatives uh this has been this has been great well, thank you so much and uh this is host Stephen brittingham you know what you're listening to this so you probably can't tell this but i'm actually uh sitting here with a very big smile on my face and it's all because of my special guest uh, if you haven't seen photos of her, uh, well, I'm going to be sharing some on the Hollywood and Beyond social media pages, and you'll see what a what a lovely and beautiful lady she is. Well, if you haven't viewed Bunkheads, 
you know, put that popcorn in the microwave and sit down and, and have a good time because um, I've already watched this series twice. That's how much I enjoyed it. And I laughed uh, harder the second time around. I don't know what that says about me, but who knows? <laughs> well, Carly, uh, <laughs> thank you for once again for being here and I wish you the best. Uh, thank you so much for having me on and same to you. <laughs> Do you hear that sound? you what? The sound of the closing credits. Over a group hug. Yeah. It's actually kind of nice. Host Stephen Brittingham, your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon. Mm-hmm.